found us again on Boomerangs. This is Ruth. And this is Mike. And we're going to talk about a number of things today. I'm not going to do an intro like I normally do because who knows, some of them may fall out. We'll just bounce from one fascinating topic to the next. We shall. I wanted to remind you that we do have an email. It's Ruth, R-U-T-H-E, at boomerangstpodcast.com. So if you want to send us any thoughts or questions, you can send it there. And those of you listening to us on Apple Podcasts, if you feel inspired to go and give us a rating, stars, hopefully five of them, that would be tremendous. We would love that. And on with the show. First, we wanted to talk about someone that we both loved for a long time. Her name is Stephanie Miller, and she has a radio show that I listen to as a podcast because I hate commercials. And I I listen to it as a radio show because I hate to pay. So what do we love about Stephanie? Wow. I love that she is upset about the things in the world that upset me too, but she's committed even so to framing them in a way that doesn't lose her power because she's able to put it in a humorous frame, you know? Yes. And I would say the same thing, that she has the ability to express the horrors of this current administration, but also to make it funny. There's a perspective. I mean, that's what humor is, is perspective. And yes. that's what she does. She she brings a perspective to these things that it's so easy to just go way off the rails and get so upset about how awful things are. Things Not are only awful. politics, but the state of the planet in terms of the environment is, it's really dire. Yes. But it, if you really want to make a contribution in some small way, you have to somehow have a sense of hope. Well, what I appreciate is that she can make me laugh while a part of me is just thoroughly either incensed or inured. I'm not quite Mm. sure where I am with most of it. It's horrifying. What's happening is horrifying. Yes. So somehow she's able to report on it and present her own discomfort with it. She's, I mean, she's as messed up as the rest of us. And there have been periods on her show that have lasted for weeks where it hasn't been so humorous for her, you know, where it's really been hard for her. No, that's true. But lately she's good. And I know why, because she got Chris Lavoie back. (laughs) And I don't know what it is with the chemistry between those two. He's her blankie. He he really is. Yeah. She is a different person when he's in that room. As great as all her other sidekicks are, they're all fabulous in their own way. My favorite is Carlos Alice Rocky. Oh, yes. He's the best. Oh, my God. He is the best. (laughs) Of course, my big time love is Fridays with Frangela. I I have this love for these two women who are Stephanie's backup and her blackup. And they're on the third hour on Fridays. And I just find Angela Shelton so intelligent and so funny. And I know you have a problem with Frances. I do. But I, I find Frances very endearing. And I love that they love each other so much. Yeah. And that they play off. With that. I'm good with that. Yeah. So I know you find her a little strident. Here's the thing. I finally identified it. Francis's humor handle is to feign, or maybe it's not feigned, but to her character yeah. is she's outraged. Oh, that's, uh-huh. that's where she comes oh, from. Okay. And that's, that's her humorous character. I get it. I do that when I do storytelling. I yes. tend to come from the, this character, I this, can see that. this nervous guy who's always like nervous about everything. And so her character is she's mad and it's supposed to be funny. But here's the thing. Is that supposed to be funny? Yes. I, well, that's her hook. Okay. She's, she's pissed off. And I get it. And I used to think maybe it was because it was too early in the morning for me uh-huh. to hear that kind of, kind <laughs> yes. of voice. But I, I realized, and it's not a criticism of her. It's just a fact about me. for you. I come from a place 
where people yelled at each other a lot. Oh. And so it hit me last Friday listening. I thought, I love what she's saying and I love who she is and where she's coming from, but I can't handle it's just the not, yelling yeah. because it triggers some old ancient thing that's in my cells of my body. Well, that's important to know. Yeah. I mean, it's... So I just have to turn it down when she's... <laughs> I listen, but I just turn the volume yeah. down. And again, it's there's no reason why she should change what she does. She's funny and she, she's got her character. Well, I... She freaks me out. <laughs> I so love Angela V. Shelton of the Mm -hmm. Detroit Sheltons that I would crawl over hot coals to see her. I mean, they were Stephanie's backup substitute hosts for a long time. Jumping off the Frangela bandwagon, but here's the thing that happened to me. I discovered her during the Bush administration, and at that time she had Jim Ward, who did um, all of his wonderful voices. He and Chris Lavoie were on the show in the earlier days, Yes, and they were very engaged, and it was all funny, and he would, Ward would do all these Amazing, so amazing impressions that oh, were so Kim funny. Oh, Kim Jong-il. Smart, smartest, funniest guy. Yeah. But then when he came back later and Chris Lavoie wasn't there, he would just sit in the corner and do his crossword puzzle while he left everything to Stephanie yeah. to keep the ballroom. Yeah, yeah. And I think she finally had what? to cut him loose. Yeah. Yeah. And I was worried about her being on her own, but she has enough substitute guests that come in mm-hmm. on a weekly basis yeah. that she seems to be supported. So yeah, she's a trooper. She knows how to keep it going. And she's a bro- she's a real broadcaster. It, she is. That's yes. right. She knows how to pace it and how to set up a story and yes. how to interview and do all but of that. But she's also created all of those other podcasts. Yeah. And she has a coterie of That's right. talent. That's right. And people who used to be guests on her shows and now they have like mm-hmm. Randy Rhodes and right. John Fugelsang and they have their own podcast now. Right. So I think that's really something that she's looked at and thought of in a broader way. Yeah. Yeah. More inclusive way. Right. And and I think that since she started out on Air America, where Al Franken started out, that never really came together again. Right. I mean, there never has been another Air America, yeah. which is depressing as all right. get out. But uh, I mean, Al Franken on Air America was phenomenal. And I started listening to Stephanie then. And once Obama was elected, I wasn't outraged anymore. So oh, I didn't right. listen to her. Right. That was eight years I didn't listen to oh, her. Yeah. And then once, once Trump was elected, I went straight back to oh, her and she got so depressed right after the election she was in bad shape for a while didn't we all yeah that's true but what I love about the show right now is that with Chris Lavoie back it's buoyant She's you feel like yes. she's being carried through it and yes. she's really enjoying it she's not trying to carry the show herself yes, very she's true. getting to go on the ride herself and yeah. enjoy it Yeah, and it makes it all that much more fun to listen to her yeah I guess that's all I can think to say about dear Stephanie but Stephanie um, I, I highly highly recommend that if you are outraged and you need some sort of diversion or some different kind of input than the general Rachel Maddow and Lawrence O'Donnell mm-hmm. that you tune into Stephanie and it will cheer you up. It's a boost. Yes, it is. It it's, helps me get through every single day. It really does, no matter how bad the news is. Speaking of bad news, should we talk <laughs> about... Should we talk about what happened over the last couple of days? Which which crisis? Which there's well, three or four going on at once. There are now. There is the Taliban. There's the Taliban. There's John Bolton. 
Yes. There's Wilbur Ross and the weather people. And the weather people. And God knows what else. Um, it's like a it's like a three ring circus. It's a smorgasbord. Yeah. And it's worldwide too. Because I mean in, in England they're having all that trouble too with Brexit and all well, that nativism going on. I think you have to look at things individually because certainly in Italy, Salvini, I believe is the name of the Prime Minister of the Interior who was ousted. He was rabidly anti immigrant and very right wing and, and racist and anti-Semitic. And he was defeated. Also, Erdogan right, is having his own problems right now. Okay. Yes, the economy is sinking and right. his dictatorship may go with it. It's right. it's hard to know. In Brazil, Bolsonaro, his ratings have sunk. He's like 15%. It mm-hmm. didn't take him more than four months in office to... To alienate the whole population. Yes, absolutely. Less. So That's what's promising. happening in England, they're, I mean, I have been trying to follow this. Their politics are so complicated. It really is not possible for me to truly understand it. What I do know is that the prime minister isn't elected by the population. They are elected by their party and whichever party is voted into yes, Mm -hmm. office. So he was elected by the conservatives. But the conservatives have just decided that they're not having him. Boris? Boris. They're done with him. They're They're absolutely done with him. He went to the queen. That was quick too, right? He didn't come in too long ago. Oh, maybe a month? Yeah. He's had the most contentious and largest number of failures right. of votes right. of any prime minister ever. Right. So what's happening there is a function of anti-immigration because that's what the whole leave was about. They didn't want to be under the thumb of Angela Merkel right? and being forced to have immigrants move into mm-hmm. their country. I don't know, but I mean, because they, they already had influx as all the European countries did of people from the former colonized countries that they yes. had let go of yes, their definitely. power over. And so there was already, I know in, in Germany back in the 80s, there was already a lot of upset about Turks, Turks coming in. Turkish people, um, yes. And I don't know. This is the part of the show that we should call talking as an expert about something I know nothing about. <laughs> as an you expert, could call the whole show that. <laughs> I have a hunch. Let's let's call it that. I have, I a, have hunch. a hunch. I have a hunch that the British are conflicted. Uh, what's that word when you're ambivalent? They're ambivalent about whether they are part of Europe or not. Yes. And I think they like being part of Europe on a certain level, like Europe is perceived, at least by the United States, as kind of sophisticated, cultured. That's Powerful. Educated, yes, mm-hmm. they have as they well. have strong economies. Yeah, in, creative, in uh, all of that, but. They also want to be their separate little race in a way, or maybe race is too strong, but they're separate little people that's different yes. from that big stretch of people that turn maybe as they go further south towards the brownish tone, you know? Right. I think there's something about that. Well, they never <laughs> changed their monetary system to the euro. Right. So they were always a bit separate. Yeah. And yet they had the luxury of coming and going from all the different That's countries. right. They like that. Yes. And there is something to, as we're learning, as Boris Johnson talks about leaving the European Union with no deal, mm. how devastating that would be. And it really all comes, it all comes down to one simple thing. And that is the border between Northern Ireland and Ireland. If there is no deal Brexit, 
that means that there will be a border, a hard border between Northern mm-hmm. Ireland and Ireland. Mm-hmm. And the way that the troubles were gotten through mm-hmm. was by removing that. Mm-hmm. So if that goes up again, there's a lot of concern, a lot of concern that Ireland will then just revert back to the troubles that they had before. Right, right. And, you know, it means having a border where there's no commerce that comes and goes. It was a very open border. Mm-hmm. It is a very open border. So if we go back to the idea that trucks are made to wait while they're looked at as far mm-hmm. as whether they are able to cross the border, that's a whole other level of complication. Commerce coming and going to and from England will go through right. the same thing. Maybe they have something similar to what we go through where we profit by having immigrants come to the country that we can underpay to do work because our business is like that. Yes. But at the same time, the nativist leanings of certain people in the country have just this horrible view of these people are invading us and coming and taking away our, our way of life and all of that. Yes. I wonder if in Britain they're going through some of that that allowed a lot of Southern Europeans to come in or Eastern Europeans to come in and just take work in England. But I'm sure whatever yeah. work they took was stuff that was so low pay that nobody else wanted to take it. I'm sure because, in, well, England is struggling right now with their economy. They had a really strong economy and then it started to weaken. Mm-hmm. And that's another reason why crashing out of the European Union is such a bad idea for them. Oh, yeah. Maybe when they started the Brexit idea was when they were more in their yes. ascendancy. Yes, but nobody thought when they were suggesting, I mean, in the first place, I don't think David Cameron, who was the prime minister at the time, he called a special election for this, never believing that it would go through. Just like when Trump was well, elected, exactly. nobody believed that exactly. he would be elected. Exactly. So he called this election, Brexit was voted into being, nobody having the slightest idea idea what Mm -hmm. was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And there's no investment in England right now. Mm -hmm. The stocks are tanking. Mm -hmm. It's, It's just, it's a mess. And this is before Brexit has happened. There, it looks like it will be very dire if it does happen. Although I thought naively, well, then they'll have another vote and people will vote to remain. Mm-hmm. But what I heard was that that won't solve anything because then there will be another vote after that. Oh, yeah. And people might vote there Brexit it is. again. There's disruption and chaos again. Yes. Yeah. That's very true. We are, I, I don't know. Did they do We're it to being England? Manipulated, though? I, I guess think. they did do it. Brexit, yes. Russia was involved in pushing Brexit. Yes, yeah, they were. I think so. They were. Cambridge Analytica and yes, all of that. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, I think we've underestimated. In this country, and maybe something similar happened in England, we underestimated the depth of white fear and rage in response to yes. shifting demographics and the fact that whites are now or soon to be a minority and it freaks people out. Yes. And I think with Obama, we allowed ourselves to think we were post racial. Yeah, where everything was all harmony and kumbaya and everything like that. But you know what's so, what was so that, telling? I think about that's why that. we, were, we were surprised by Trump's election. I think we were surprised because we believed that the Descendants of a black president meant that we had overcome our racial. We'd reached a new place. Despair. Yes, mm-hmm. but in reality, his presidency inflamed the racism that was there in the first place. Yeah, and we were blind to that. We were very blind to that. Yeah. Although there was evidence of it, I mean, certainly there was evidence of it yeah. left and right. I mean, yeah. I don't think that the Senate right. would have come up against a white president. Right. I don't. I think that that was a form of racism right there. And John Boehner would never take anything that was. A, an Obama generated bill right to the house right. he wouldn't he wouldn't vote on it right so 
Anyway, we've had our rants for the evening. The girls have gotten serious. <laughs> well, I did want to talk a little bit about Walmart and their decision to stop selling certain kinds of ammunition. And what they've stopped selling was ammunition for military-style rifles and handguns. They've also asked Congress and the Trump administration to expand background checks and revive the debate over assault, the assault gun ban, which we had after James Brady was, do you remember the Brady bill? Yeah. He was incapacitated by a bullet that was meant for Reagan. And after that, there was a ban on assault rifles. And suddenly they came back. We now have assault rifles and they're, I think that they can even be carried in the open. Sure. I think it's state by state maybe because I saw a piece on Texas today where they have open carry. They have open carry. In, I, 40 states have open carry yeah. in some form or other. Just as a little quick insert, not to take us off the subject, but I saw a piece on NewsHour tonight that there are some really interesting candidates running for Senate in Texas on oh, the Democratic yes. side. Yes, And one is a woman, and I don't know her name. I apologize for that. But she is a, a veteran of the Afghan of war in Afghanistan, and she is campaigning in Texas on a platform of eliminating the open carry oh, okay. bill. Okay. And she her argument is powerful. She said... This is the country that I fought to protect, and I don't want to see it starting to look like Afghanistan, yeah. where everyone yeah. can walk around with their own assault rifle and kill whoever they want, yeah. and their kids can never go out of the house because they'll get shot. Wow. And it's pretty compelling. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a great message. Yeah. I wonder who that is. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. I've got to look her up and send her a yeah. $5 contribution <laughs> <laughs> to put her over the top. Yeah, really. What I thought about when Walmart did this was how interesting it, that capitalism was sort of working in a certain way. That capitalism was working in a better way than our administration Oh, is, right. As or, a force for good in a yes, way. Yes, or our democracy. That's a hopeful outlook. Yes. Yeah. But it took 22 people being killed in the Walmart in El Paso for yes. this to actually turn their policies around. Yeah, but it's a it's a ray of light because, yes, all these horrible things happened, but there actually was something positive that followed. Yes. There was change. Yes, and we've seen so little change other than bump right. stocks being banned right. after the Las Vegas shooter. Right. Anyway, one of the big changes that's happening that is being balanced out, Walmart asked that even in states where open carry is allowed, mm -hmm. that customers not bring their guns into, into the, store. the store because it freaks people out. And well, that's hopeful too. That's hopeful too. <laughs> what I read today is that some people still carry their guns in. They're going to carry their guns right. no matter what. Right. And that it's, it's like us taking donuts into the arc light. <laughs> it's forbidden, but <laughs> like we, we're me taking donuts. <laughs> we're going to do it light. anyway. That's right. <laughs> and damn the torpedoes. <laughs> if is. anybody tries to so stop see, us, we have a little common <laughs> Point. Unlike the invasive person who was searching my purse and found my donuts, <laughs> these are out in the open and oh, the people who are behind the counters don't actually ask the people not to carry their... It's a policy that they're hoping people will respect. Voluntarily. Yes, but <clears throat> it's not as if they're going to enforce it after God people forbid. come into their... <laughs> yes, exactly. That it's a law enforcement issue. It's not really for people who are supposed to be dealing with customers. Right. But I, I'm just inspired that even though it took all of those deaths, 
that an institution as I would say as kind of calcified as Walmart right. well, made such yeah. a change. And it's an indication that there's a change in the culture because yes. it, it could be interpreted as a reflection of something that's happening in the culture at large. Yes, and Target and Kroger's and there are a number of other retailers mm-hmm. who have said we're going to ask the people right. not carry their guns in here. Right. And in lieu of having policies that are passed through the legislature, right. Right. that having a retailer... It's more powerful because it's organic. It's coming from the culture. Well, rather what than they said them, was, it's like lawmakers. asking people not to smoke in restaurants. That once it becomes unfashionable, people will understand that it's not okay to do it. And that right. there will be blowback, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, yeah. I guess I think that people who are carrying guns around and have... In supermarkets. In supermarkets. And I, I, there's a picture of a waitress here with a gun. Oh, really? Yeah. It, oh, showing gosh. outside of her, her jeans. Jeez. So we're so unused to it. I yeah. mean, I don't think that California has an open carry right. law. That it's. I, no, I don't think we do. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I've, yeah. I've never seen a gun being carried Mm-mm. out in the open. Mm-mm. And thank God. There's one thing I have to say about living in California is it is the bluest state right now. Yeah. We've recovered from Reagan. But we're pulling other ones along. Texas is going blue soon. I hope so. I think so. And what about North Carolina? I don't know. The Democrats just lost their bid for the House seat, the special election. But, you know, there are so many Texas House members that are just not going to run anymore. But that's good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So hopefully that will cause a, a sea change. Oh, God, I hope so. It would be amazing if Texas... I mean, that would be almost as amazing as if Florida went blue. Right, right. Which I don't know that that's ever going to happen. Mm. That's a tough one. I thought it was always considered a kind of a toss-up state, though. Or it, is it more leans Republican? I think it's leaning Republican now. Yeah. It certainly went for Trump. Right. So. Right. Do we have anything else we need to talk about? Let's or maybe see. that's it. Hey, how about Sarah Palin? The divorce? Yeah. 31 years and five kids. Yeah. Stephanie said they were trying to have it annulled. Oh. <laughs> maybe she just made that up. I don't know. Anyway, well, I think that's going to do it for us for now. Thank you so much, Boomers, for seeking us out. That was great. Thanks for joining our conversation. Yes. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye. Bye.